Welcome into another week of the Sports Block Podcast. Nathan Stack in here, my good friend and co-host of this great podcast, celebrating its tenth anniversary. Uh, is Travis Krenz and Travis? Uh, let me be among the last to wish you a happy birthday, even though I did wish you happy birthday on Saturday, and uh, well, we talked about it last week. But happy birthday again! Very good birthday, Big Blizzard. That was fun. Apparently, it was a uh, pretty bad storm when I was born in 1988. There you go. So, uh, Sioux Falls got about seven inches of snow. We had a 45 to 50 mile hour wind gust at times on Saturday, and that was uh, that was fun. Yeah. So this storm that was uh, like all week long. They were saying, oh, you know, the, the storm's going to hit Minnesota and everything. Like, oh, seven to six to nine inches, maybe seven to ten, maybe closer to a foot in some areas. And I think it was about Thursday night, started to look, and then early Friday morning, and it looked like it was veering a little more north than it was northeast. And, you know, I know Fargo was talking about maybe they would get, you know, one to three inches or two to four, something like that. I think they ended up getting six inches of snow with 50 mile an hour wind gusts. So the storm, we got about five or six inches, but, you know, the winds weren't nearly as bad as what they said they were going to be. Uh, I do know in parts of the metro area, they, you know, they were very bad conditions, but I don't think it got as bad as what they were anticipating. Clearly, it was along I-90 and then I-29 that got the uh, the worst of it yet again. So uh, chalk this one up to another storm gotten wrong by the meteorologists and getting everyone into a panic and maybe the wrong the, the, the wrong people into a panic and maybe the people who should have been panicking or preparing a little bit more, uh, they didn't get this one right ahead of time. Sioux Falls was about six to eight, they got about seven, so they hit, they hit Sioux Falls pretty good. Well, that's very good. Not, it felt like it, it went a little more west than they maybe thought because Mitchell was about in the one inch or so category all yep. week long, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And about Thursday, they picked it up to about three to four inches and we ended up getting six and a half, I believe, in Mitchell. So in the last day, they really increased it from like an inch to about like six. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I should have said north and west versus north and east, even though you know Minnesota did get hit with a lot. And uh, I mean, it's such a difficult position to be in because you are tracking the storm, and you're it's a, it's a forecast. You're anticipating on where the storm is going to go, and you have all these sorts of you know metrics and trajectories and and stuff like that. But weather can change in an instant. Uh, at the same time. It is difficult when you're saying, oh, prepare for this big storm, prepare for this big storm. And everyone's, you know, buying shovels and bread and milk because that's all that's always what you need in a storm is bread and milk. Um, yeah, so that's God forbid we wait two days to go to the store again. Yes, yes, God forbid. Um, but, you know, in situations like for you in Mitchell, you know, if you're not anticipating something one inch and then all of a sudden six and a half in these 50 mile an hour wind gusts, it's like, oh, Okay, uh, a little heads up would have been nice. So it's, uh, I don't, I, I love weather. I would have loved to be a meteorologist. Um, not that I still couldn't be, but it is a, it is a difficult uh, position that they are in, no doubt about it. Because if they're wrong for the right reasons, people are like, yeah, I'm glad you were wrong. And you, you know, there's supposed to be 90% chance of rain and we didn't get anything. And yet, if you are not saying something and you get hit, you're like, well, why didn't you tell us about this? Or why'd you make us panic and it didn't hit? So 
it, it's a precarious situation. <coughs> I mean, there's so many different models <coughs> out there, and they got to kind of pinpoint uh, what to do. So I'll, I'll give them, uh, you know, I'll give maybe an A on this one. This one was good, at least down here. The wind was just horrendous. It yeah. was just terrible. Uh, I, I came on, it took about two hours, about five to seven o'clock Friday night to get to Mitchell Sioux Falls. It takes an hour. It takes two, I took 35, 40 miles an hour about. And people were passing me, but I wasn't going faster than that. <laughs> You know what those people are? Uh, they're 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 risking their lives. Yeah, like, I'm not doing that. Uh, I saw a semi just outside of Mission. <coughs> on my left. Mm-hmm. Saw a couple other cars in the ditch, and they they closed the interstate at seven. So I was on there. I had to kick you off, obviously. We couldn't get back on. So at seven, they uh, they shut down the interstate. Now it's closed until. Saturday, maybe Saturday afternoon or night, they opened it back up. Mm-hmm. But uh, pretty bad. We got, I mean, Thursday night got a lot of cancellations for Friday. Like there were no no school. Nobody had school Friday around here. They were all closed. Even though it didn't really start snowing, it's about seven thirty, eight o'clock in the morning. Um, from about eight o'clock to two o'clock is when they got snow on uh, Friday morning. Friday afternoon, then it pretty much stopped. Well, so the uh, Fargo superintendent, so West Fargo, Moorhead, and the surrounding area, uh, they canceled school. But Fargo schools went to school on Friday, and it was already bad conditions in the morning. They got they they got called out at ten fifty, I believe, and the superintendent. Ten fifty. So the uh, superintendent did uh, issue an apology. He's like, "That that was my bad." And I mean, it, it's one thing if it's all of the area schools are like, "Yeah, we we think this will be okay." And then you get there and like, "Ah, oh, the conditions aren't very good," and you do it. But for one school district to do it when everyone else, that's just a very very poor look. It makes you look out of touch and like you don't know what the hell you're doing for the students and the teachers, for that matter. Um, I do remember. Outside of town, calls to me. That's terrible. You know what the weather's going to be. It's no surprise. When one side of town, <clears throat> one side of town says no. I mean, come on, this is not hard. And he dismissed them what two hours in a school. That's ridiculous. Yep. Uh, I remember one time in I believe it was I was in seventh or eighth grade, and we had a two-hour late start. And they they brought us in at ten a.m. and we made it through one fit because we had block scheduling. And we had our first class, it was 50 minutes, and then they called off school for the rest of the day. It counted, but uh, it was like, uh, okay, a little ridiculous. Yes, terrible. Yeah, so, but you had a good birthday, your hats had a good birthday. Uh, Oh, yeah, big big hat, got a big hat collection, uh, got that organized, and that was, uh, I enjoyed that. Hat hat rack looked very good, so well done by Melissa there. She, She did a fantastic job. How many hats do you think we ended up with? Well, I saw the number. Oh, yeah. There are, yeah, I put the number out there. Yep. Like, you see the hat, but then, you know, some of them are like, I got like 10 Clemson hats. I got <laughs> three of these, four of those. So, I mean, you, you see all of them, but then there's multiple of those hats stacked up on each other. So. For those that are not uh, following you on Twitter or your friends with you on Facebook, it's 272. And uh, that is... That is miraculous. So, would it, is it fair to say that you have as much money invested in hats as I do in football jerseys? 
Yeah, I'd probably say so. Because you know how many jerseys I think we're like with the you know with the re- recent edition of the Goddard jersey, um, uh, and I think that that's it. You know, we had the Mister Stack and jersey, of course, for the wedding. Uh, the Goddard jersey is the only other jersey we've gotten since then. Um, so I think that puts us at like thirty-two or thirty-three jerseys. Jesus Christ! I mean, that's, that is, that's, I have a few jerseys. I don't have any. We'll have to. We'll have to. Have have I'll, I'll. We'll go through it uh, next week because I think I have like a. I don't have a Chiefs or a 49ers, but I do have a Patrick Mahomes shirt that I'm wearing. Uh, had to get it when we were in Kansas City, and uh, so that leads us into uh, hey, Super Bowl 54 is set. San Francisco against Kansas City. Um, thank God the 49ers beat the Packers. That's all I can say. And uh, if you're a Packers fan. It sure would be nice if your team would show up for a game, for a big oh. game. I mean, it was – they made it interesting late, made, uh, I think, everyone who was cheering for the 49ers or just anti-Packers uh, sweat it out a little bit. But that first half was absolute garbage from the Packers. As a Viking fan, I can't talk at all. Oh, I know, but it was it – was, I can't say anything about them. The Vikings gave the the 49ers more of a run than the Packers did. Yeah, I would say, I guess so. It was interesting. Aaron Rodgers didn't have a great year and all that, but they still won. They were 13-3. They almost got to the Super Bowl. They scored that touchdown there with about eight minutes to go to make it a 14-point game. Mm-hmm. You, you, you know you're a good quarterback when you play as garbage as they played. Mm-hmm. That you score that touchdown and you think, well, maybe if they get a stop here, maybe. That's what I was thinking. They're down 21 with like 9 to 10 minutes to go. They scored a touchdown. Mm-hmm. They're down 14. I'm like, well, There's they a chance. get a stop here, which they didn't. They have a chance. And mm-hmm. that's how you know you're really good yep. when you can be terrible all game long and then the last 10 minutes come like, you know what? He's, he's done stuff like this before. Yep. So, yeah, yes. that, was, that was complete domination for the most part. And uh, I, the running game was, they didn't really need a quarterback. Nope. For the second straight week. So. I think uh, it, it, Kyle Shanahan had told, I think it was Aaron Andrews, um, you know, coming out of the locker room that, hey, I told the team, you got to pretend like the score is 0 0, even though they were up 27 nothing at half. So I think some of it was, you know, they just. You know, played a little more, you know, lack, you know, relaxed in the second half compared to the first half. Uh, Raheem Mostert is a fantastic story. Been cut by seven NFL teams. Lands with the 49ers. All he does is rush for the second most yards in a game in playoff history. 220 yards, four touchdowns. Uh, Tevin Coleman dislocates his shoulder. It sounds like he will be available for the Super Bowl. Uh, it looked a lot worse than that. But uh, so that's that's good for them, um, and they will get to take on Hall of Famer Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs, who it doesn't it just seems like they like to get in an uh, early hole, early deficit, and then they turn it on. And that touchdown run by Patrick Mahomes at the end of the first half, highlight reel. You will see that for years to come. What a magnificent run! Tight rope, he escapes a couple tackles. Tight rope 
uh, runs down the sideline, slips a couple of other tackles into the end zone. Uh, at the, when they scored there, it's like, okay, they've won this game. G- good game. Good job, Titans. You're up 17-7 playing your game. Uh, it's not going to go your way the, west, the rest of the way out. Slow start, so I'll try and do better with, with that. Here in a couple weeks, start better than you have in your first two games. Rich Eisen tweeted out that he thought that was one of the 100 best plays of all time. For the NFL, 100 season and the rank of top points. That was a bit much for me. Yep. Great run. One of the, even the best play in the playoffs. That'd be Sean Watson's old deal he did there a couple weeks ago. <laughs> yep. I mean, to see that was one of the best 100 plays ever. It's like, boy, that's... Talk about your your prisoner of the moment type deal, like Jesus Christ. I mean, that's not that's not even to win the game. If it wins the game, I think it's a different scenario. But that's just a play in the first half. I mean, I need a little bit more than that. I don't think he was touched like the first twenty yards. So, Uh, after he he got tripped up initially and escaped. But then you're right, yeah. He he in a to keep his balance on the sideline. That's good. But yeah, he doesn't get touched until. After he after he eludes and slips that first tackle, which the guy just you know touched his foot, uh, he doesn't get touched until the ten yard line. Super Bowl, I mean, you got kind of the two different teams, so good matchup, offense in the passing versus the running game with the defense. So mm-hmm. it's uh, probably as good of a Super Bowl as you could probably expect. Yep, I would guess. Yep. Uh, so yeah, it's the Chiefs' first Super Bowl in 50 years for them. Uh, so that's that's cool. I will be rooting for the Chiefs, but if the 49ers win, it's not like you know when the Patriots are in it. You're like, oh god, please, please don't let the Patriots win. Um, so if the 49ers win, yeah, it I guess it'll be fine. I don't want them to win necessarily, but it's not the end of the world if they do. You know what I mean? I see. I'll root for Kansas City as well. Yeah, I think every time New England's been in there, I have wanted them to win, except maybe Carolina. They played Carolina. <laughs> I think that's the only time. Sure as hell didn't want the Giants to win, for God's sakes. You wanted the Falcons to lose? How dare you? Yeah, fuck the Falcons. <laughs> I, I remember a game from 20 years ago. Oh, that's so true. The Falcons, didn't, sure as hell didn't want Seattle to win. Yeah. Uh, the Rams, no. Screw them. That was a terrible Super Bowl last year. And at that point, you just want to look where he's got what, five Super Bowls or whatever he's got. Six. And at that point, you know, all right, let's let's see how many this guy can get. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really puts it in perspective. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, we did the TV show, the clips out there on YouTube. We did the TV show about, uh, what, eight, eight, nine years ago now. Mm-hmm. And one of our segments was true, false. And my question was to the panel, True or false, Aaron Rodgers gets to another Super Bowl. This was like right after the Packers and Steelers Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. Everybody with me said yes. They'll get back to another one. Well, here we are, ten years later, and he hasn't. I, so, I, I, you know, people were asking like, "Oh, is the the championship window closed for Aaron Rodgers?" And I, no. I, and absolutely not. Uh, I mean, look what they did on the defensive side of the ball in the off season this year: getting Zadarius Smith, getting Preston Smith. They've drafted some really good cornerbacks. Uh, they're going to get Aaron Rodgers some weapons in the off season or through the draft. Uh, no, no doubt about it. Um, so. Yeah, and that's going to make the Packers even more formidable. So, I mean, 
for people to say that Aaron Rodgers is done, I don't think so. If and again, this is a big if. If the Packers can you know surround him with some weapons on the offensive side, if as if the team continues to be as currently constructed as they are, they he will not get to another Super Bowl, let alone win one. I talked last week about how I hate the media and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And I saw that this morning too. Like it always is window closed. No. Like why do we have to be so extreme on everything? Mm-hmm. Like they just got to the championship game. They just got there. Mm-hmm. So why would anybody think it's done? He's what thirty six, thirty seven. Obviously, he can play till he's 40, the way he's going. He didn't play great this year, and look at what they did. And he wasn't impressive at all, really. Mm-hmm. So, I just don't understand why we have to be, oh, is it over? Is it done with? It's like, well, no. Like, he, you know, it's just it's just too much for me. Also, with the Packers, they were down 27 nothing. they finally scored. You got to go for two. You're down 27. They kicked the extra point. Eight, eight, and eight makes it twenty-four. They need a field goal. They I scored I, the second time down twenty-seven, mm-hmm. and then they went for two. They didn't make it. So if you went for two the second time, why the hell didn't you go for well, two? I, like it's it's because it's early in the third quarter. See, I agree with that. I think it's better to take the the one point. Well, but then again, you no. know, extra points this you year. Need, so so that way you need four touchdowns. Mm-hmm. The other way. A field goal is I'm playing in four tightening three touchdowns and a field goal. So that puts that into play. I just didn't understand. And they went for it. Like at this point, like their first drive was a thing. That was like a long drive. Mm-hmm. And they finally scored. And you can put a field goal into play on your defense needed some stops, which they never really got. It's like you're down 27. 8 8 and 8 makes it 24, and a field goal ties it. Like you can't tie it. If you don't go for two, right. four touchdowns, you're having a hard enough time scoring. Why, why make it harder on yourself? Right. Nope. Yeah. I completely understand and agree with where you're coming from there. Uh, the Chiefs win the Super Bowl. There are two obvious uh, opponents for the for their opener for the Thursday night opener, and I would throw in the Denver Broncos just because it's a rivalry. But I don't think they uh, they warrant it. And I would say. Between the Houston Texans and the New England Patriots, because Falcons know, Panthers know, Jets know, I would go the Texans just because of, uh, just because of the playoff game this year. We don't know, it, especially if Tom Brady's not with the Patriots. The Patriots, who, who cares about them then? Uh, so I think it's it's pretty obvious that it needs to be the Texans. Yeah, I'm sure it'll be Oakland or something because they're or Vegas now. Excuse me, Vegas. Yes. And what San Francisco got? What the Packers? I think. Uh, yeah, pulling up there. Or Seattle, I guess. Yeah, Seattle. Seattle wouldn't be bad. I think if the Green Bay game had been closer, I would maybe say the the Packers. But yeah, Seahawks seemed like they would. It, it's Seahawks or the Packers. I would say. Um. So that's. You know, interesting there. So we can we can look at that. Uh, let let me see here. The the one thing I was gonna say, I tweeted this out a few weeks back, and now Kansas City is gonna throw a wrench in things here if they win the Super Bowl. But if they don't, 
the because you have a new stadium opening up in LA and in Vegas. Yes, what what the NFL needs to do is put Cowboys Rams on Sunday night. Uh, open up. Cowboys Rams Yep, so Cowboys Rams Sunday night. Then Monday night, the doubleheader features first Kansas City at Vegas, Patrick Mahomes against the Raiders, and then the the late night game that no one will care about, Denver at the Chargers. Yep. So that that's only if though the Chiefs don't win the Super Bowl. But not counting uh, the Texans since they haven't been around for much long, and not counting Jacksonville since they have not been around for as long as everybody else. Mm-hmm. It's not been forty-three years stacking since our team's been to the Super Bowl. Yep, forty-three. Years. Yep. That that's got to be the apart from the Jets, the Lions, and the Bang or and the Browns. That's the longest active streak, right? Those are the three teams. Every team's gone to the Super Bowl, except the Jets, the Browns, and the Lions. Uh, Now you can add Kansas City to that list. They're all gone. They're all gone. And it's like, when do we get to go? uh, And I'm going to say Vikings have been far superior to the Jets, to the Browns, and to the Lions for the past 43 years. Yep. And I don't know. Next year is the the 11 year deal, so we'll go with that. But it's very frustrating. It's very frustrating. It is. It is. I I will not lie. I just sat there during it's the championship. It's so frustrating when when teams like the Titans do what they did this year with a bunch of shit. Yes. You know. Yes. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden, oh, we're gonna threaten to go to the Super Bowl. It makes me want to change teams. It makes me want to change teams. I just, I'm so frustrated by it. I just want to, like, complete do-over. I'm like, why? And it's, like, uh, I don't know what more the Vikings could have done to, to build the team that they could have. I mean, they've done the best they can. Mm-hmm. Then you got teams like the Rams, who have Kurt Moore, guy nobody's ever heard of, and they win it. And you have the Saints, who were, who were terrible when we grew up. And they get Drew Brees, who was... Not anywhere close to the Drew Brees we know of now when he mm. was with the Chargers. Mm. Uh, and, and they win a Super Bowl. And all these teams win Super Bowls and, and get there. And it's, it's so difficult uh, for the Vikings to do that. It seems impossible. Like the Eagles lose their starting quarterback and it doesn't matter. They win it anyway. Jacksonville has a terrible quarterback. And they lead in the fourth quarter against New England a couple of years ago. It's just defies logic at times. Yes. Yes, it does. Uh, a curse would seem to be an accurate so, reflection so. there. So, uh, we'll preview Super Bowl 54 uh, in depth next week, but my early thought is, and I've already f- flip-flopped, I initially thought the Chiefs, but defense wins championships, and I think San Francisco might have something, but Jimmy Garoppolo not having to prove himself is an interesting factoid in there. I'm leaning, I guess, San Francisco now, but I think that'll change six or seven times between now and next week. I think San Francisco's going to win, but I'll be rooting for Kansas City. Yes. Oh, wholeheartedly, um, in part because my father-in-law is a Chiefs fan, so I have to. Um, you have to. Well, if I ever want to go back to the lake, then uh, well, 
I mean, yeah, yep. I mean that that's just a it's just a given. But uh, we'll 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 preview that game next week. Pro Bowl this week. Do you give a damn? <laughs> Sorry. Um, no, no. Okay. Well, that's good. That's a good answer. Yeah, I, I like that <clears throat> Eric, uh, Eric Kendricks was all pro, but didn't get the Pro Bowl. Yeah, and so, and Anthony Harris, right? That's uh, it's a bit ridiculous when you're one of the like top couple in your position. You don't make the Pro Bowl, so I don't even know why they have the game. Yeah, it's a joke. It's a joke. No, no question about it. But that's in Orlando this week. There is a skills competition on Thursday. That's going to be the most. In, that's going to be more fascinating to watch than the game. Um, I would see uh, Zimmer doing eye chart. <laughs> that would be that would be funny. Um, so let's turn our attention from something that doesn't matter to something that continues to garner lots of attention, and that would be the sign-stealing scandal in baseball. Last week we talked on Wednesday. I believe Alex Cora had not been fired yet by the Red Sox, but he was destined to. Well, he, he was fired, and Carlos Beltran was fired as manager of the Mets. Uh, and the Mets, you know, it was just kind of sucks for them because it's just guilt by association, you know, and... Beltran, you know, he, since he was a player at the time, he wasn't going to get uh, penalized at all. But you, it, we still don't know the Red Sox penalties, but they inevitably will come out, and they will be harsh like the Astros. And then you have baseball players responding to the fact that Rob Manfred in Major League Baseball said that they could not find any sort of uh, evidence that the Red Sox had any, or the, that the Astros players had any buzzers on them, though that uh, that Jose Altuve video of him rounding third and go- heading to home after that home run against the ALC, uh, against the Yankees in the ALCS is pretty damning. Um, you have a lot of p- players who are upset about this and want the Astros players to be suspended or you know something to happen they want major league baseball to investigate this more alex wood i believe is a pitcher for the dodgers and he put out there in a tweet that he would rather face a pit or a player who is taking steroids than a player who knows what pitch is coming and he's a thousand percent correct in this so since you know not a whole lot has changed since last week, and I doubt our positions have changed at all. But uh, what, what do you make of everything that has happened since we spoke last week? Well, a lot of teams have like Twins Fest or their Team Fest here at this time of year. Uh, time of year. And the Astros had that, and the players were there. And Brightman and Altuve, I heard them talk to the media and they didn't apologize and they didn't really touch on it much at all. They were asked about it, obviously, but mm-hmm. they kind of hemmed in the hall, you know, like, well, you know, baseball did their investigation and they'll just move on from there. It's like, you guys did this yep. for years. It's like... Is, does that make the, the Astros organization look a little tone yeah. deaf? Oh, yeah. Just to even throw Altuve and break Like, maybe this, given no. everything that's going on, like, maybe they shouldn't bring those two guys out. But, um, yeah, I mean, it, even the, the comments themselves are completely no. ridiculous. Like, all the, you, didn't, you didn't even hear them deny it. Like, no, we didn't do that or not, like... They know they did it. They know they messed up, but they know they were caught. So I thought they 
handle it all that well. I don't know how they should have handled it, but it's like, show a little bit of guilt and admission that you were caught. We know what you did. We mm-hmm. know it. It was wrong. And a lot of people got fired over it. So, I thought they, uh, players kind of handled it poorly. They may know what they did. They know what's wrong. Yep. But the thing about it is, a lot of players are coming out and saying, you know, how terrible it is and all that. Um, I don't think there'd be a single player, even those that have spoke up against it, I don't think there'd be a single one that would have complained if they were on the Astros, though. Yeah, Mike Fires come out what years later, or at least a year later, mm-hmm. and spill the beans on this. So we didn't hear it. We didn't know that nobody knew about this at least publicly for years. I'm going back years now, two, three years at least. Mm-hmm. So all these players that want to come out and say, "Boy, this is terrible. This is the worst thing that's ever happened." What would they have done if they were with Houston? Would they have Would they have spoke up and said, "Oh, guys, don't do this. This is bad." Not a one of them. Not a single one of them would have said a goddamn thing. Mm-hmm. So they can say whatever they want and how bad it is, and, but none of them would have spoke up. If this happened in Boston, nobody spoke up there. This happened uh, elsewhere, Dodgers, Yankees, wherever. You didn't hear anything from those teams. We knew it because Mike Fires told us about it. There's literally hundreds of players that went through those four at least two organizations and maybe a few more if we think there's a lot more teams involved in this not a one spoke up and said you know what this is wrong do not do this so mm-hmm. for all these other players to come out and say oh this is terrible you would not have done the same thing you would have went right along with Houston or Boston or any other team you would not have stepped up and said anything in my opinion they can shut the hell up so Peter King, in his Monday, his Football Morning in America um, column that he does, he does always the, the 10 things he thinks and whatnot. So this is from his column. He says, bad look from an analyst of the week, Jessica Mendoza of ESPN, appearing on Golic and Wingo, criticized Mike Fires for spilling the beans on the Astros cheating to steal signs. Mendoza said, uh, quote, uh, the you know, fires telling the athletic of the illegal sign stealing didn't sit well with me. It made me sad for the sport that that's how this all got found out. This wasn't something MLB investigated or even other teams complained about, but it came from within. It was a player that was part of it that benefited from it. It's not, it's something you don't do. Um, so that didn't really go over well. That went, uh, how would you say, like a, a, you know, like a fart in church or something like that? Uh, and so she issued a statement later about uh, how she, f- quote, she feels strongly that the game of baseball will benefit greatly because that sign-stealing matter was uncovered. Cheating the game is something that needs to be addressed, and I'm happy to see the league is taking appropriate action. The point I should have been much more clear on was this. I believe it's very critical that this news was made public. I simply disagree with the manner in which it was done. Now, there's a video clip here. I am not going to play it right now because I don't know if you'll, you'd be able to hear it. Do you want me to try and play it here for you? I, I've heard the clip of her earlier. Yep. And she... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's I, ridiculous. 
Yeah, it's 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 stupid. It's a it's a terrible take. So I think we're both in agreement here with Peter King that it. I mean, it's just how she's speaking. She's disgusted that it came out, and I know, like even goal the the Golics were like, well, you, I mean, players, you you shouldn't bring this out. That's really, I mean, yes, you do. Yeah. Yes, you do. Again, nobody, nobody said anything for years. And Mike Fires finally had balls enough to come forward and say, yes, this is what happened. So apparently she wanted him or somebody else to go to baseball and said, hey, this is going on, look into this. Well, we would have found out sooner or later mm-hmm. if somebody, I don't, I don't care how they found out. I don't care who said it. I don't care if they said it privately. I don't care if they said it publicly. None of that matters. That's ridiculous. And you're not as a like if, if fires when he was on the Astros. You're not going to go out to the media and say it when you're on the team. That that's no, just no. You're not. Of course not. So and so I don't know if that's where they're coming from or now they're saying like oh you benefited from this so you shouldn't say anything. It's like why why not why why would you not say it if even if you thought it was wrong if it was eating at you spill the beans if you feel guilty um, about what happened say something. Sports is a very secretive deal. It's like be all about the team. Mm-hmm. Don't don't spill the beans on anything we do. Don't tell anybody. What it's very close. It's very hush hush. Don't tell them our secrets. Don't don't let our, let our secrets out there. Yeah, and yeah, it's. It's just, it's ridiculous. It's its bad takes. It's Houston sports fans, too, that are saying stupid shit. Um, that, oh, you know, the Astro, screw Major League Baseball for doing this and whatnot. I hope the players get suspended because I, I know what Rob Manfred has said and that Major League Baseball has done their investigation, but they were hoping last week to get this report out during the national championship game so people wouldn't pay as much attention to it. And people, unfortunately for them, they did. Players responded saying this is ridiculous. So Major League Baseball not only has to go through the rest of the teams that have done this, which could include the Yankees and the Dodgers, both of whom lost to the Astros and were bitching about it. But also, now that the players, more players are saying, why, why did the players get a pass on this? Even if there were a lot of them, they need to be penalized for it. Now, Major League Baseball has to respond to them, and it puts them in an it puts them in, in an even worse spot because now their credibility with the players is, you know, tarnished a little bit, or or at least um, it, it it's it's just not there with them the, their full credibility. So they have a responsibility, I think, to look back into this more or investigate more and find out or just say, you know what, you're right. Altuve, you get a year. Uh, Bregman, you get a year or two. I mean, whoever did this more, I think Altuve would probably get two years or more. Um, I don't know. I don't think a lifetime ban is necessarily in play here or should be in play, but I think it's got to be at least an option if people aren't forthcoming. But you do have to suspend some players here. You absolutely do. If more and more players in Major League Baseball feel this way, Major League Baseball has to answer to them. Again, my deal with uh, suspend them from the playoffs. Because <coughs> there's so, oh, yeah. so many yep. 
there's so many players here. There's so many players here that you that you can't suspend all of them like 50 games or else you wouldn't have a team. Right. So you just say no playoffs. Play the season, it's fine, but I don't care if you win 120 games. You're not making playoffs. Or... So you cheated the game. You're cheating the game, but we're going to take you... We're going to take a season from you. And if you are on a different team and were found to have cheated... You can play the entire year, but if your team makes the playoffs, you can't play in it. You don't get a World Series ring or anything. Yeah, that's not bad. Because if you're suspended during the year for uh, PEDs, like Michael Pineda was, uh, you're not eligible for the playoffs. So make it the same as that. And uh, let's get this done here before baseball starts being flung around here in Florida. I know that you had said that you thought that, you know, we wouldn't. You know, this wouldn't be a big story and stuff once the season began. Um, and I think I compared it to the China thing with the NBA, and that has been largely, you know, not talked about, though ratings have been terrible in the NBA this year. Um, you know, some of that is due to LeBron in L.A., but some of it may be because of China. But the more fuel that gets added to this fire for Major League Baseball, the more I think it's going to last. It's kind of... Um, this is a terrible analogy, and I, I apologize, but it's kind of like the Australian wildfires. They've just been going on forever and ever and ever. This is something that Major League Baseball is going to have to, if they don't do something here relatively soon, this is just going to last throughout the entire season, and it's going to really affect, I think, people's belief in the product that they're seeing. I think they'll get it done here before the season. I mean, they have to before the season starts. Agreed. Here. They have to, but I don't think they will. I think they will. Investigation is going on for a few months now, so they can get this done here. We got we got a good two months to go before uh, the season starts. I think they can get stuff done before then. So yeah, they don't have much effect on the season once we start. Once we start with the season, I think uh, you know things will be fine. Stuff. Hopefully, I hope that's the case. But if you are, if if they do start suspending players, I want anyone who is on the Astros or Red Sox, whoever is participating in this, if they're on a different team, you could play the entire season. But if your team makes the playoffs, you're suspended and you don't get a World Series ring because you, sh- the team you're on, should not be the new team that you su- joined, should not be penalized because you did something with your former team. Until the playoffs. Twins have one of those guys. Marlon Gonzalez would be one of those guys. Yep. And I, I would, you know, is how big of a contributor was he last year? I mean, he he was fine. But he's a utility guy. He's fine. Getting him play a lot of positions and feel well. You help your team. You help your team get to the playoffs, but once the playoffs begin, you can't have any part of the organization, and you don't get to share in their success. That's fine by me. Yep. So, well, we'll see if I, I'm guessing there will be more out there uh, this week, but um, and we'll, we'll we'll talk about it next week because the story is just going to continue to go. Uh, Zion makes his NBA debut on Wednesday. Are you excited? Yes. Good. Culture that has had a little, well, much a little to do with the ratings because yep. all of these New Orleans games have been on 
in anticipation of him playing, and obviously he's missed over half the season. So, Agreed. Yeah, he's the uh, most exciting guy to come in since, I don't know, probably LeBron. Yep. And uh, we'll see We'll see what he can do. We'll see what he can do. Kind of a lost season right now, but hopefully he can stay healthy. And, uh, I mean, they're, I think they're still, I mean, pretty much everybody in the West is still in the, in the playoff chase. But um, it'll be fun to see him and then how he adapts. Yes. Uh, I might even watch part of this game. Just to see Zion. Just to see Zion. Um, Going to... uh, May I say, the the Grizzlies have worn their old uniforms a couple of times this year. Are you... And you're a big fan of this, I assume? I love these old Vancouver Grizzlies green teal uniforms. Mm -hmm. These are great. I wish they would go back to that. Uh, John Morant, he... um, Probably going to be the best player in this draft. Zion <coughs> does, but uh, nobody heard of this guy really. Before, I mean, before the tournaments, mm-hmm. like old John Moran for Murray State, and he had a had a big tournament. Right now, they're the eighth seed in the playoffs. So Twenty and twenty-three, they are the eighth seed. Memphis Grizzlies. So that uh, that's impressive. I believe, like, if you watched college basketball last year. You knew who John Morant was going into the tournament. Um, it kind of like you know what Trey Young did last year, or like two, or two years ago. Uh, no one knew who he was headed into the season, and then he just you know stole the show, and the Atlanta Hawks ended up taking him. Uh, John Morant, similar to that, but instead of playing at Oklahoma, he played at Murray State. Murray State, by the way, uh, I just beat them in my NCAA 2K8 game, uh, 72-37. to uh, Big game here by uh, by Kyle Buckman and Otis Nutter for me. Uh, helped. Otis Nutter! <laughs> I did not name him. I did not name him. What year, what year are you on? You're 20? Um, oh, boy. Uh, you're 13, I think. We are in the year 2020. Well, so year twenty twenty. Yeah, playing right in line here. Uh, we'll eventually jump and surpass that. I'm, I'm guessing I'll get two seasons in before college basketball season is done. Okay. Speaking of college basketball, no, I, I'll, I'll keep saying it again. Uh, as much as we talk about it, no one knows what the hell is is going on this year. No one knows who's good. The number of upsets last year or last week. Insane. Uh, Auburn goes down not once but twice. Butler was a projected one seed. They lose to uh, to Seton Hall, my Seton Hall squad, and then uh, proceed to get trounced. I believe it was by Marquette. So, I mean, we just really don't know who the best teams are right now. Baylor's number one. Um, Baylor. Florida Saturday because they're number one. Yep, probably. Uh, Florida is a team that uh, I, I was. I picked them to be in the Final Four, right, right up there. Um, I don't know. They've really been underwhelming this year, but they're starting to play a little bit better. Certainly, they could beat Baylor. But um, bottom line is. No one knows what's going on, You except that the Big Ten is extremely good. And right now, I did my list here. Uh, as of right now, Bracketology for the Week has not come out yet by Joe Lenardi. And I looked at Jerry Palms, and I immediately 
dismissed it because Georgia's in there. And I, as much as I want Georgia in there because I want this Edwards kid, this freshman, to be in the NCAA tournament, I he's just not. In Texas, they're, they're not a team. The, Texas lost to West Virginia Monday night by... How long do they continue with this coach? If they can't even make the tournament. No, they're, they're, they're done. They're done with him. After after this year, Shaka is going to get fired, and he, he should. Uh, the score of their game. Well, that's like forty points. Ninety-seven to fifty-nine. Yeah, ninety-seven fifty-nine. It's it was terrible. So. One thing, yeah, Butler lost to DePaul. Yeah. DePaul. One thank you. Not Marquette. Maybe, one of these things. This may sound kind of stupid, but a lot of these upsets are with teams that aren't even going to be in the tournaments. So maybe it's a case of, you know. There's no dominant team in college basketball this year, no. unlike last they year. Yeah, they, they won't. I mean, Duke lost uh, at home to Louisville. So Louisville's a very good team. Yeah. It seems like they're, they're, they're losing to all of these mediocre teams that if they make the tournament, they're not going to be good. Uh, or they're losing to teams that may not uh, even make the tournament. Like uh, Oregon beat Washington by three in overtime. Washington, I probably won't get in the tournament. Uh, Florida State beat Miami by four. Miami's not getting into the tournament. So all of these top ten teams are losing or playing close games. And Oregon lost to Washington State before they barely eked by Washington. And then a lot of these teams aren't making the tournament. Yep. So that's maybe you don't just don't play these teams. Maybe they play a higher caliber team. They'll do better. Who, who knows what's going to happen? I mean, Arizona beat Colorado by 20 points. Yep. And Colorado's pretty good. Uh, and Ohio State, what has happened? What has happened? Is, what are they, like, five in a row now? Four yeah. or five? They might five not. Five or six? They might, I mean, they might not make the tournament. Um, I think... Rutgers is great, though. Great for Rutgers. For, first time since 1979 that Rutgers is ranked. Uh, so you will see Rutgers in the NCAA tournament this year. I, th- I think what we're going to say is that anyone could win the, the pool this year. When you're filling out your bracket, anything could happen. I think we're going to either, I think we're going to see a lot of low scores in terms of like how many games people get right, or someone is just going to completely luck out because they guess on some of these upsets and they're just going to run the table. I mean, right now, so... I have 12 Big Ten teams in. The only two that aren't in... 12. 12 right now. Uh, The only two right now are Nebraska and Northwestern. But if if you look at the big... I don't think the Gophers get in. I I, I don't think so either. They were projected in last week. Now they do lose to Rutgers, but that's not a bad loss. The Big Ten, I think, since conference play began, only five teams have won a road game. Or there have only been five games... In which the road team has won. Not even five teams, but just five games that a road team has won in the Big Ten since conference play began. Like, that's that's insane. Um, it doesn't make a lot of sense. It doesn't make a lot of sense. So, I mean, you look at this, at the Big Ten right now, and Purdue is 10-8. and eight. Minnesota is 10-8. and eight. I think... But like the Gophers aren't going to have to have like many bad losses, right? But at the same time, you got to win some games here. You can't be, you know, eighteen and fourteen and make the tournament just because 
every loss or most of your losses are top 50. At some point, you got to win some games. Yep. And, you know, it's what hurts them is that they lost to Oklahoma. So they're going to be fighting Oklahoma for a bubble spot. Uh, right now, Oklahoma would have that, I think, because of Minnesota. Butler, we know how good they are. Uh, DePaul, if they kind of fight in the bubble race there, Minnesota loses that one because they lost to DePaul. Um, you know, Oklahoma State's kind of fallen off the wagon, but Minnesota does have some good wins. They beat Ohio State, but Ohio State's really fallen off the wagon since. They beat Michigan. But Michigan has is, is struggled. The Penn State win is a big win. I I, I, I don't think Minnesota's in. Like, like I say, I'm going week by week. So right now, I have 12 teams from the Big Ten in. I have, only, I have four teams from the ACC. Virginia's not in there. Virginia loses to NC State Monday night. I, I have NC State in along with Florida State, Louisville, and Duke. Virginia Tech right, right around there. Uh, Big 12, I have five teams in. I hope it's only four, and those four would be um, Kansas, West Virginia, Texas Tech, and Baylor. I hope Oklahoma doesn't get in. I don't think they deserve it, but they're they're in that mix right now. Uh, the Big East, six teams right now. The Pac-12, I think, gets five based on it. The USC kind of uh, jump in in there. Since they beat Stanford, and Stanford's going to get in. The SEC, I think, is going to get five. West Coast Conference still going to get three, but BYU is flirting with it. Bottom line, said it last week, I'll say it next week, I'll say it two weeks from now, I'll say it a month from now. There are so many teams that are on the bubble that whoever gets left out doesn't have a great argument because it's just going to be whoever has the most quality quad one wins and that's going to continue to fluctuate amongst the minnesotas the depaul's the oklahoma's the usc's everything that's what it's just that's what's going to happen in the end it always works its way out when there's only a couple teams there for the final spots and it's pretty it's pretty cut and dry at the end of the year i think Mm -hmm. so um on the women's side second uh, USD beat the hell out of Jack Oh, boy, it was bad. Oh, boy, yeah. was that bad. 83-48. So, USD is a seventh seed at the moment. I think they're still ranked. Yep. Top 25 or 24 or so. I think they're kind of staying there. They're not going to move up much when you uh, play the teams that they play in this conference. So, they're 24th right now and Maybe if they went out, maybe be in the top 20. And obviously, at USD, people had a hard time comprehending the volleyball thing we talked about a month ago or so. Did they end up winning the national uh, the the invitation? Oh, yes. Yeah, okay, I figured. No, no they lost in the uh, finals. Oh, to Georgia Tech? Did Georgia Tech beat them? Yeah. Oh. Uh, Georgia Tech beat TCU in the semis. The TCU team that was still... I think about four games under 500, even though they made the semifinals of this NIT. What a joke. What a joke. So it, it tells you the caliber of the team there. So, um, obviously, we talked about that a while back how fans and whoever else they had a difficult time comprehending, like, what, what goes in, even though they've been Division One for a long time now. 
what goes into a selection committee and what they look for and all of this stuff. Mm-hmm. So that was like a yearly thing on this one. So they're going to get in this year, even if SDSU beats them. Uh, in the Summer League Championship, I think there was a few enough here right now to, to get in, even with the loss. Yes. So, Agreed. This was, this was a, a week or so on January 13th, so about a week ago or so. A guy who works at the Yankton paper tweeted this out. He said, 11 ranked teams lost this past week. USD wasn't one of them. Yet USD dropped from 22 to 25. Um, to me, that tweet... Um, Sums it up? It, it's... Okay, 11 ranked teams lost. USD wasn't one of them, yet they dropped in the rankings. It makes you think, like, well, hmm, why did that happen? Why does the team... Uh, Drop in the rankings. Well, why? Why would you think stacking about Nolan? Why would you think a team? What What would have happened that week where I'm, they would have been dropped? I'm guessing that there were some teams right below them that had some higher quality really? wins. Oh really? Yeah. It took you about five seconds to come up with that. <laughs> and, this guy, and this guy obviously knows. This. He's smart enough to understand that. But he puts this tweet out there that. Um, you, you have a hard time understanding this, is what this tells me, according to this tweet. Mm-hmm. So I said, I would jump to USD because they beat number 17, Maryland, and number 12, Indiana. Arizona went from unranked to 18th because they beat number 2, Oregon, and number 3, Oregon State, over the course of 48 hours. I didn't get any reply of this. Of course, you saw it. Of course, he knows that. But quit being so goddamn stupid and tweeting this out. You know why they dropped. Because mm-hmm. they beat, who the fuck knows, PFW by 40 points. And a couple other teams beat two top five teams in a week. And another Big Ten team beat two teams in the top 20. You know why the fuck they jumped them? Quit being <laughs> such a stupid bastard. Yeah. Jesus Christ. <laughs> be better at your job. Quit being so stupid. That's what I say <laughs> about this. It's so, it's so ridiculous. It is. It's so stupid. It is. And ridiculous. Like you're having the best season you've ever had in college basketball. You're ranked. You are ranked for the first time ever on a weekly basis. Mm-hmm. And you're going to continue to be that because nobody in this league can touch you. All I ask is that on Tuesday, March, whatever the hell, beat SDSU, please. I beg of you beat this team once. You've never been able to do it on a Tuesday. Just do it. Please. Oh, yeah, okay. I'm, I'm sorry. I wasn't following you for a second, and now I now I do. I, I got what you're saying. Beat yep, them yep. in the conference title game. Yep. Maya yep. Stellan, who knows if she's going to be back? I don't know. If she's not back, things probably won't turn out well. But still got a couple months to go in the season. A little, uh, little under two months. So... Run, I mean, FDSU's always had a tough time running the table in this conference. Seems like they never have. They've mm-hmm. been head and shoulders ahead of everybody else. And now USD appears to be, and I, I can't imagine USD losing a game the rest of the way. I just can't. So, and they'll go in the tournament with what, probably like a 30, 31 and 2 record. Probably get a six seed or so. And, and, and guaranteed to make the NCAA tournament regardless of what happens. Yes. At this rate, yes. Yes. So, and then on the men's side, I, mean, I think 
I like the SCSU Rams here at least when they uh, get to the championship if they win it. So, there's a Doug Wilson. He comes back. I mean, I, I think they're going to do it again. I... Th- now, Doug, didn't Dougie get hurt uh, last week? Yeah, we back, so it's not serious, thankfully. Take a knee. So we missed the USD game. Might be back this week. If not, they'll be back soon enough. And they'll be fine, I think. Yeah, yeah they lose by 14 to, S, uh, to USD in USD on Saturday. So not a great day for South Dakota State hoops. But, I mean, you look at it, and North Dakota State... Four and one. I, they were the preseason favorites. Uh, USD does not scare me. Omaha does not scare me. Oral Roberts, they don't scare me. No one scares me here. Except, I think NDSU will win, ultimately because they are the better team. But yeah, I mean, SDSU should have no problem uh, getting there. Right now, they would play North Dakota. Well, they just beat the hell out of North Dakota. Um last week they get North Dakota State this week so that's big uh, big game there in the summit uh, I think they win that one and uh, we'll see what happens you know going forward but yeah I I'm in agreement with you that I mean they get the SDSU men and this was supposed to be a transition year for them at yeah. least in in my eyes and for them to be doing this well, Speaks very well of Coach Henderson, and I think what the future has in store for this team because there's they're, they're very young; they're just freshmen and sophomores. Except ju- except for Dougie, Oscar Doug Wilson is a junior. I'll never, oh yeah, uh, Doug Wilson is a junior, so that's good. I'll never get over how Otzenberger couldn't coach defense his first half year plus. Had to play his own defense because couldn't play man to man at all. That's one of the great mysteries of me of all time. He played zone defense early in the year because they didn't feel they were good enough or they didn't have time to get man-to-man defense in or something. Mm-hmm. That was one of the... I, it escapes my mind. <laughs> what, 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 was, what was going on there? Like, players were leaving. Brandon Keith finally back. He's a nice little piece to have off the bench now. He was good. He got hurt. Now he'll be back, and I don't know what you do with him because other guys have stepped up in his place. He's like a guy I like to have in the rotation. That he just wasn't there last year. And, of course, lost a couple more guys. So it's good. Uh, I, I enjoy this regime a lot more than the last one. I don't have much. No doubt. Uh, between now, between January 20th, or between Jan- January 19th, where they lost to USD by 15, not, not 14, as I said, Tomato, tomato, minor details. But between that now and February 14th, they play four games. So they're going to be able to rest up, and the teams they play, uh, they, they should, I mean, they. I think they're going to beat North Dakota State on Wednesday. Then they get a week off, travel to Oral Roberts. That's going to be tough, but I think they can beat Oral Roberts. I don't see any reason why they can't. They go to Western Illinois. They'll win that one. Omaha comes home. They win that one. And they play Denver. Like, it's not a murderous role coming up here. Denver on the men's side might get left out if they're 1-5 right now. Yep. Women's side, maybe uh, putting four win. This is their swan song, right? Yep, this is their swan song. Yeah. Wouldn't that suck? Like, shouldn't they automatically get in? No. 
We, well, eventually I am going to get we, in, but... We got to give them a farewell, though. We have to give Dan... They'll get in there and their men will get in, so we'll see Little Black Conductor Guy one more time. We will get to see the elephant one more time. Yeah. Little Black Conductor Guy will be great fun. Their pep band and their conductor are the best band at the tournament every year. Probably, I suppose. They all sound the same to me, so for me it's hard to say. <laughs> like, if, if you just, again, if you walked into the arena, mm-hmm. and there was a band playing a song, and you said, guess what band I'm going to hire? How the hell would you know? Um, How the hell would you know? I'm going to have a clue what band is playing what. SDSU's pep band has improved greatly over the last few years. I'll take your word for it. Playing far more modern stuff, so that's good. Um. Any anything else college basketball related we need to get to? No. Okay. Do you have any? I mean, they they, they, yeah. they canceled this. They postponed this women's game until Sunday. Fairly late on Saturday or Friday. It was like it was like fairly late on Friday afternoon, like two three o'clock. It's like postpone this game until the next day. Nothing is open Friday. Nor is anything open on Saturday. Mm-hmm. This should have been a swift and quick decision, and this was not. I mean, that's par for the course, right? Again, this game should have been called at minimum early Friday. It went to like two or three o'clock Friday. So, by the way, it came tomorrow. You're not going to make it. One, interstates closed. Two, there's a blizzard out there. You're not going to make the two-hour drive from Brookings to Vermillion. Wait the next day when it's much improved. It's absolutely ridiculous how long that took. The Hampton-Gardner-Webb game Monday night has been suspended. At halftime, 39-31, Gardner-Webb leads. uh, Apparently a mechanical malfunction of one of the shot clocks is the reason why this game is suspended. Don't you, you have, have a, sp- a backup one? Yeah, I was just going to say, shouldn't you have a spare one? Yeah, it's first shot clock. Yeah. You can't keep time on the floor. Apparently not. Uh, UCLA not good at basketball anymore. Well, okay, uh, give, give Mick Cronin, give, the, give him a, a year or two. I, bet, I believe they will They will get back to a, a level of good basketball. It's just not this year. They beat Cal... I think it was Saturday, 50 to 40. <laughs> Jesus Christ. It's bad. Yep. 50 to 40. Yeah, it was Sunday during the uh, the championship game, the NFC championship game. God. Just the worst. Just the worst. Yeah. So there you go. Is that good? Is that good? I don't want to buy into West Virginia. I, I, I'm buying into Seton Hall, but I'm scared that they're going to screw it all up and lose right away in the tournament, like they do most years, uh, with poor free throw shooting or something. I want to buy into West Virginia, but they seem to fail on a routine basis. And, uh, and Dayton. Dayton had a very good game against St. Louis on Friday night. That was fun to watch. So... And we think they will make it. And South Dakota State is at four, I think. 
good deal for the Jack Rabbits. They're, yes. they're way better than I thought they would be without Mike Tom. Yes. Way better. And the and the and Matt Mooney, I think Matt Mooney made his NBA debut tonight. Oh, With good. the Hawks or whatever team he's on, they play like two minutes. Oh, good for him. That Matt Mooney got to the NBA and Dom did. It's a shame. Yeah. It's a shame. Yes. Yes, it is. The best player maybe in league history didn't get in the NBA. Yep. George Hill, he's had a pretty nice career. Mm-hmm. At least in college, Mike Dom was better than George Hill. Yes. But more generally, he got a long 10-year, 12-year NBA career out of it, which is a shame. Oh, he could have been a good bench player. Good sixth man. Could have been something. Could have been something. It's ridiculous. Uh, do you have anything else before we say so long? What do I have? A few things. Oh, that the Houston quarterback that like played the first few games and then just said, yeah, I'm not playing anymore. Dear King, yep. He's with Miami now. Saw that. That's, uh, it, he... Though, didn't the reason why he was going to, like, they were redshirting him, Dana Holgerson. No, the whole thing was, like, so he could have another year. Yeah, and uh, it seemed like he was on, he was, uh, he, he agreed to the plan with Holgerson, and I got to feel like uh, Dana is, uh, he was left alone at the altar, I think, at this point. Well, there was that. And I think uh, Georgia got like a transfer from Wake Forest, who might be their quarterback next year. Oh, is this I like. Saw, I mean, he was a good, I mean, he was good. Like, oh, I mean, Wake Forest was good. Yes, yes, yes. I, I, I know. Well, I mean, we'll see. We'll see what happens here. That's a bit of a step up. We will see. Yeah, let well, me uh, let, let me get this guy here. Um, It, it is, uh, it's Newman. Not yeah. uh, Jamie Newman. Not don't don't confuse him with the Newman from Seinfeld, that awful show. Yeah. Uh, How dare you! How dare you! <laughs> on my birthday weekend, oh, God damn I, it! I'm sorry. I, I I take that back. I will save that uh, insult oh. for next week. On Martin Luther King Day of all the days. <laughs> sorry, I'm so sorry, Chris. Well, CJ Ham's in the Pro Bowl. So good for Ham. Um, oh, um, something I got to mention is that that Hall of Fame guy who's as huge as a Mack truck. The Hall of Fame guy. Oh, yes, Baker. Yes, yep, David Baker. Bill Cowher here in the Hall of Fame. Jimmy Johnson here in the Hall of Fame. Really like 6'9", 400 pounds. He's mm-hmm. just a massive, massive. TV person. doesn't do him justice. What? There's so, somebody in a story on him. What a fascinating life he he got uh, got into some trouble like he was running for a political office somewhere and wrote himself a check and that's an oh no apparently like ten fifteen thousand dollars something happened so he only played basketball overseas as well just an oh where this guy came from he's also a commissioner I think of the arena football league years ago just insane just insane so a lot of stuff there he, yeah, four hundred pounds. You think he goes to uh, DXL for his uh, suit? I massive. <laughs> and uh, how often do you go uh, grocery shop? Every week, every few weeks, you usually go or what? Um, 
I will go grab like lettuce and milk on a weekly basis. Uh, some go to Costco about once every two, three weeks or so. Um, and then Kelsey will do more like a, a bigger grocery run and stuff. Um, so I mean, it varies. I would, I would say a true grocery run once every week and a half to two weeks. I've noticed, I don't know if I've just noticed this, but I've noticed a lot more flavors of things now. Yep. Cheerios, stacking, how many Cheerios, when I say Cheerios, what what, what were the list of the Cheerios? Uh, well, you got uh, regular Cheerios. You, regular Cheerios, been yep. around since the beginning of time. Honey Nut Cheerios. Great. Um, I believe you have apple Cheerios. Sure, I'll give you that. Uh, vanilla yeah. Cheerios, or frosted vanilla. Cheerios. Frost. I'm sorry, frosted Cheerios. Frosted, which I think are fairly new. I don't remember frosted Cheerios being a thing. I I do remember those have been around for a while. Um, okay. Is there uh, wild berry Cheerios now? I don't. I I, I like multi grain Cheerios. I think those are fairly new. They've been around for a while. Yeah, because uh, if regular Cheerios weren't uh, tasteless and uh, good for your heart, this will uh, do it. These are a little sweet. Not as sweet as Honey Nut, but a lot more than the dullness of the Cheerios. Multi-grain, okay. a little bit in the middle for me, so I like those. Um, there's chocolate Cheerios now. Gross. Wait, wait, wait like aren't those just like the Oreos cereals? Or cereal, you know I mean, what I'm talking you about? Got, yeah, you've got Oreo cereals. Where did that come from? Uh, you've got strawberry uh, Cheerios. You've got blueberry Cheerios. Now I've had those. I don't like them. They turn your milk blue and red. I don't like that. <laughs> much for, you, have, you have so many colors, and you have well, some of them I like though. They've got fruity Cheerios right now, which are kind of like Fruit Loops, a little smaller. Now sweets. Big fan of the fruity Cheerios. Okay. That's what I'm on right now. Okay. A lot of different Cheerios. You mentioned the Oreos cereal. That's ridiculous. Do you like Reese's Peanut Butter Puffs? Please say you do. No. Oh, do you have a problem I if mean, I like I'm, that? I'm, I'm pretty bland when it comes to the cereal. Okay. I may go Frost, Frost and Flakes as maybe as extreme as I'll get. Do you go Apple Jacks even? No, I don't. Ah. No, I don't like sweet candy chocolate shit in my cereal. <laughs> okay. So give me some, give me some grains. I need some grains, some plain shit. Uh, they've got pop tart cereal now. Oh, gross! Oh, yuck! Disgusting. They've got <laughs> Jolly Rancher cereal stack. Oh my god! Jolly, gross. I'd imagine would be similar to Fruit Loops or maybe Captain Crunch uh, flavored things. Oh, that's awful! Uh, Jolly, I can't imagine what the hell a Jolly Rancher cereal. Like Why would you so dip the, the, I saw straw. I swear to God, uh, I saw strawberry rice crispy cereal. Uh, rice crispy treats cereal is delicious. Um, that, that that's great. I, I haven't had it in a long time. It's very sweet, but that uh, yeah, that that's that's all right right there. Um, yeah, that that be so. Should I dip a? Uh, should I pour some Jolly Ranchers into a bowl of milk? No, like that, that's I so mean, gross. What the hell is going on? I don't, I, I, I don't know. Um, so many flavors of Cheerios and all these ridiculous 
Oh, I mean, Terry Vanderbeck, we talked Siri with him. I mean, he's yep. ridiculous. Four year old, and I'm sure there's a few I'm forgetting. And I'm like, what? Who's eating this? <sighs> like Starburst. Would you eat Starburst cereal? No. I might. Skittles cereal? I mean, why not? <laughs> Jolly, who even thinks about mm-hmm. Jolly Rancher? Like, let's make Jolly Rancher type. Cereal. Now I have to look. Uh, who makes this cereal? Is it Kellogg? Uh, I don't know. Uh, let's see. Jolly Rancher cereal. A lot of craziness going on. And, yeah. and, and there's other things too. General Mills. So General Mills. General Mills. It like there's so many different flavors and colors of things. Just so many. Like it's Mountain Dew. None of these matter. They like chips, like Pringles and chips. So many different ridiculous types of chips and flavors. You mean you don't try like, all the Lay's uh, potato chip uh, different kinds? Just so it's what a world we live in. Just so much. Food. You can you can buy a family sized Jolly Rancher cereal at Walmart for three sixty four. Just so much crap that we eat. We just eat crap. Yeah. Honest to God, yeah. That apparently uh, the Rockies were, you know, Paul Fanon Arenado. What do you get? You got something good. We may consider it. Uh, but apparently, Nolan Arenado not pleased at the moment with what things, well, how things are being handled. But so, the Rockies uh, say they are not trading him. I saw. Is that correct? Oh, uh, Jeff Passer at ESPN said this maybe resembling uh, Giancarlo Stanton in Miami. Mm-hmm. So it's like, well, you got to trade him because he doesn't want to be there. So this kind of screws the Rockies because their leverage is gone because now they have a player that, I mean, they just signed him what, last year to an eight-year, $200 million contract or whatever it was, a lot of money. Well, and I think they tried you... to just still see what was out there. Apparently he felt disrespected and he does not like this at all. Of course he did. So... So we'll see what happens. The Braves and the whoever, I don't know. We'll see what happens with, with Nolan Arenado and the Rockies. By the way, I did not end up having cake on Saturday to celebrate your birthday. Mm-hmm. And, so I'm sorry about that. Uh, I didn't have cake to celebrate the 10th anniversary of the sports block. However, we did have Mexican food, and the first thing I thought of was the segment that we had about the Mexican man in the bed on the radio show. So, in honor of the Sports Block podcast and and you, I had Mexican food on Saturday night. Mexican man in the bed or summer happened, but it was funny to say that at the time. Well, you know, it's I can laugh about it now. Back then it was not. Yes. Man, I was thinking about today sleeping myself to go to bed. And it was an aneurysm after that. That was funny. <laughs> So that was good. Funny, a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff for that. Yep. So, I, I well had Mexican on uh, Saturday on my birthday. It went to Chevy's. That's uh, where the party was supposed to be. The party's gotten canceled or postponed until next week. Oh, okay. So I, I know. I know what we're doing now. I know we'll go to Chevy's. There's an activity afterwards, so. Uh, I know that, I know it's coming, so it's not really a surprise, not that it was, it's even less of one now, <laughs> and we figured, yeah, let's 
not have this today because it's 25 below out and it sucks. So, and then uh, people couldn't make it, so that makes sense. Yep. So, Yep. Well, uh, you've got uh, you've got Noah Watson, of course, Virginia to say, hey, kid, <laughs> this is the kid you don't want to watch. This is the bad stuff. Poop your pants when you see this team. <laughs> you know That's the. I, I like he he is just all in now. He's like basketball daddy, basketball. Yeah, uh, he's a big basketball guy. He does. He he's just like basketball. Um, the only reason why. NC State and Virginia are on there is because West Virginia and Texas were on commercial. Oh, okay. So we just flipped it there. Um, but he gets so excited when they, you know, even pass it. Oh, they pass! Or, uh, you know, like we're, we're trying to do, uh, I'm trying to say, dunk it. Um, so and I he's assume like, he's not a big fan of James Harden. <laughs> Uh, Krenz, we don't watch the NBA in the stack and household. I know you don't. Uh, <laughs> God forbid we watch the professionals. Yes. No. Uh, and considering I have someone uh, who I used to work with who's a big Bucks fan who's trying to get me on, uh, like, talking Bucks. No. Uh-uh. Get in the finals, for God's sakes. Should have got there last year. Get there this year. How about that? I think they will. I'm gonna, they should. I'm gonna safely. I'm gonna say yes. They will. Then the member of Boston, I would say. Uh, so no, he's been around for two years now. And I had a friend who had his first kid late Friday night. Mm-hmm. Oh, during a snowstorm! How wonderful! Yeah, need advice for him. What now? Any advice from this friend of mine who had a uh, kid on Friday yes. first, and you are being a two-year veteran. Yes. Of, uh, are, are you past a certain stage now to where everything can walk around, he can talk stuff, he yep. can do stuff, he can, yep. he can eat food, yep. he can you know, do a lot of things now? Is it a lot better? Yes. Oh, yeah. Yes. He, yeah I mean, we're in the terrible twos now. Um, so... Yeah. There is a a lot of uh, back and forth uh, negotiating, uh, temper tantrums. The temper. No, I don't want to go to bed. Yeah. Screw you. <laughs> uh, temper tantrums are thrown, uh, but I mean, if you look at that photo, does he look like he's two? He looks much older, I guess. Yeah, he's a he's a big he's a big kid. Um, he's tall. He's not he's not chunky. He's he's well built. Um. Uh, like I say, you know, when my when my grandpa passed away, Coach Stig was at the was at the funeral yeah. home. Uh, and Noah's got that 2036 scholarship to SDSU to be a linebacker. So, be a good one. Early indication say yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, so we're gonna keep doing it, and eventually, probably not this year, but hopefully next year, I'd like to have him fill out a bracket. Three years old. Like you kind of, I, I remember stuff when I was three. You can kind of, you know, you can kind of do a little bit. So. And I'm beyond proud of him. He's so smart. He's very uh, kind and caring. But um, yeah, he's he's a he's a great kid. He's very very smart. And 
I um, and now we're gonna begin potty training, so that's that's fun. I'll be always on. So uh, you'll be you'll be in fantasy weeks too. Yes, he yes he will, and uh, he can take uh, poops in the potty just like uh, Virginia took a poop on their season. Poop in the potty like Virginia did. You're not you're not uh, just make the tournament for God's sake. They're not going to. They're not going to. No, it is not. Anything else, my friend? That should be it. All right. You have a great week. Uh, enjoy. So is the birthday thing now this Saturday or next Saturday? This coming Saturday. So well, weather should be good this week. Warm up, for God's sakes. So it should be a few days around 30 degrees, so it should be nice weather. Uh, something we've done a couple times, the virtual reality-type video game in place. Hmm. Um, seems interesting, and then we, we did it once, it's fun, did it again, you do like a roller coaster thing, which is, I got sick, insane, yeah. you sit in these little pods, yep. and uh, like it's pretty, uh, pretty cool, and uh, do another thing where you're like the, protecting the castle, you're in uh, like, what do you call it, you know, like in a shield tower with the, what are the guys called, in Metal armor, metal, I guess. Yeah, on metal armor, okay. Like Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Yeah, it's all that, man. Protecting castle from these big guys. And you got the thing on your head so you can see, which is kind of neat. And then mm-hmm. you got two controllers, and then you got, and those act as your bow and arrow. And uh, we did it once, didn't really know what the hell we were doing. Went back here, uh, I think yesterday, and did it again. Knew what we were doing, and did it for an hour, and the time flew by. And a lot of fun. A lot of fun doing all that. That does doing sound that. fun. Kind of and like escape rooms too. Escape rooms are fun. Yeah, well, we tried to do one a, few, a while ago, like thirty bucks, way more than I thought it would be. Oh yeah, they're they're, they're expensive. I'm sure it'd be great, and I'm sure you're in there, you know, for 30, 45 minutes. Mm-hmm. I was like, Jesus Christ, like well, you know, thirty bucks. If, I mean, for, per person. Yeah. Like you're supposed to get like four people to be it's $120. Like, Jesus Christ, what's the bullet? <laughs> so. I'd be okay with that too. Well, you have oh, a great yeah. uh, you have a great uh, party weekend. Sorry I won't be able to be but, there. Um, but uh, we'll, we'll see each other here soon enough. In, uh, oh, yeah. It's, it's coming soon. Now, it, it, now I need Hove or uh, Andrew to, uh, to send me that uh, a link. I'll just have to reach out to Will. Other than otherwise, oh. Alright, I need a, I need a link to sign up to to volunteer. Yeah, that would be great for me because I'll see uh, tickets and all that. Yes, yes. Speaking of tickets, uh, Shane Coob I think did this last year. He's going to do it again this year, I believe. For the Twins Pass, which is forty five dollars a mm-hmm. month, mm-hmm. gets you in every game. Like standing arenas, find a seat. So, like, if you're close by and you like the Twins, $45 a month would be $270 a season. For 81 games. You don't get, you don't get the home opener, but you get all, I mean, that's... Oh, 80 games, then. So... 80 games, 270 like, if you are, you know, you go to a game, you know... That's I, less I than $4 a game. That's less than $4 if, a game. If you go to every game, but right. if you, you know, say you go only to 20 games. Like, you know, $10, $11 a game. Right. Yeah. It's a good deal. That's a good deal. Coop knows what's up. Coop taking, uh, taking advantage of that. 
Yes, sir. All right, my friend. All right. Have a great week, and I'll talk to you next week. Travis Crins joined us here, Sports Block Podcast. Always good to talk with my good friend. And, uh, yeah, 272 hats. Good birthday week coming up here. Uh, hopefully it's a good celebration this weekend. We're going to continue here on the Sports Block Podcast. Uh, hopefully we get uh, the great Jeff Lloyd II from Lockdown Browns Podcast. Senior Bowl week is this week. That means the NFL Combine. Very soon the NFL Draft. Three months from now, the NFL Draft is happening. Can't wait for that. Uh, and then we'll put a bow on the show here. So uh, hopefully we'll get Jeff Lloyd on here in just a moment. Here to talk more uh, about the Senior Bowl prospects, who he's looking at. It's coming up here on the Sports Block Podcast. Now available on podcast.com. Follow me on Twitter at NDStackin, Travis Crins at Travis Crins, Facebook Nathan Stackin, a link to the podcast post in the middle to later part of each week. Senior Bowl prospects and more coming up next on the Sports Block Podcast. Continuing here on the Sports Block Podcast, uh, the college football season's done. The NFL season is means it's the return. My good friend from the Lockdown Browns Podcast and our resident draft expert, Jeff Lloyd II. Jeff, how you doing? Uh, could be better, Nathan. You know, uh, you know, getting to the busy time of the year. Uh, you yep. know, I mean, there's literally no off season in the NFL. It's just a question of you know what is uh, becomes the top you know burner issue, so to speak. <laughs> and for thirty teams, it's full on draft season. Yep. You know, obviously, you know, many franchises still on out staffs and front offices and things of that nature. But uh, you know, that stuff kind of takes a little bit of a break here. Everybody convenes down in Mobile, Alabama, and you know, you start. You know, weeding through the weeds and, uh, you know, finding uh, the guys who can hopefully deliver what didn't deliver in 2019. Exactly right. Yeah, the NFL world is not fully descended on Miami yet. They are not descended on Orlando for the Pro Bowl. The big action is this weekend or this week in Mobile, Alabama for the Senior Bowl. Uh I got you know we're all you know, the quarterbacks are always going to get that major look or the, the the majority of the attention and Justin Herbert from Oregon is no exception to that. There is some question about his leadership. I think that may be a little bit of a stretch. I don't think that's quite as big a deal as what some might be making it out to be. But what are you interested in seeing from him this week? Um, for him, it's just going to be consistency. Obviously, you know when you're a six foot six quarterback. <laughs> Um, you know, the footwork, it's got to be really good. There's things you can get away with. There's things you can't get away with. And, you know, the taller you are, you know, with any sport, with any position, it, you know, the mechanics are key because there's a lot of moving parts there. And his footwork is the key. Um, I think he's getting slept on a little bit. I mean, you look at what Oregon you know, has done forever and what they continue to do. It's more of the modern type of stuff. Some of these teams are getting to in the NFL. That's going to do him a favor in this league. Um, you know, a lot of people question whether or not he may be a fit down in Carolina. Uh, you know, you look at you know, Samuel down there. Uh, you also look at, uh, you know, DJ Moore down there. These are guys who are, you know, good wide receivers, but also, you know, you know, had a lot of, you know, balls thrown to them on the spot, a lot of screen work, that type of stuff. There's homes for Herbert. It's just, you know, it's the, the, foot, the footwork is going to have to be consistent. And, you know, obviously with Joe Burrow not being there, he kind of gets, you know, Maybe the, the top shelf uh, this week, you know, Jordan Love obviously as well is going to is the other big name down there. Mm-hmm. But you know, all eyes are definitely down there for this week quarterback wise. Uh, Justin Herbert. You mentioned Jordan Love. I want to follow up on that. Uh, 
I've, I saw an article, I believe, that you know he he really likes Patrick Mahomes, or there's a, maybe a little bit of a comparison between Jordan Love and Patrick Mahomes. I think that's a bit of a stretch, but he does seem to be one of those more intriguing prospects that are down there, quarterback position or otherwise. What are your thoughts on Jordan Love in general, and what do you need to see from him this week down there in Mobile? I think what really intrigues me with Jordan Love is the the accuracy. Um, you know, obviously the key to all. I mean, you look at the amount of drop balls he had in college. You know, hurts the overall stats. This year didn't go as good as he was hoping. Um, you know, guys let him down at times. But you know, and he came out yesterday. You know, accuracy was on mark. Hitting guys out of routes. These are guys he has zero familiarity with. It's, it, it, it's it's going to be a question of you know, do you believe the arm strength is totally there? Which it seems to be. But he's accurate. The release is quick. Um, the Mahomes thing—it's a little bit of a stretch. Um, and you know, this always happens. You know, this time of year, you yep. know, the guy is great, and everybody loves him. He gets compared to the greats. If they don't like him, he gets compared to the all-time busts. But uh, Love's going to be interesting. Obviously, he's going to have to—you uh, know—the you know, maturity issues he's going to have to account for during the process here. Without you know, the whole sighting of the marijuana incident or whatever. Which in the grand scheme of things probably isn't going to you know deter anybody too much, mm-hmm. but you know quarterbacks usually have to you know they're the ones who got to stay out of the headlines. And uh, you know all intents and purposes, he's a real good kid. Which just you know bad you know basically a bad character judgment at the time. You know got himself into a little bit of hot water, um, but I don't think it's going to turn anything down the run. And he, he seems to have it all. And the fact that you know you can show up looking sharp in an event like this, where you know. You maybe weren't the top prize there, but now you know you are the top prize because you know there's nowhere to put your eyes otherwise. So it should be a good week for him. And uh, you know I, I'm still not sold on you know we're ever going to have a draft where there isn't four to five quarterbacks going round one. Oh, that and that's a great point. And he's a guy. You know we're still three months away from the draft, and he's a guy that I think some mock drafts are listing him in the first round. Uh, I think the Daniel Jeremiah from NFL.com had put him in the first round, and that was the first time I had really seen it or that garnered attention because the other first-round quarterbacks that you're hearing about, Jake Fromm from Georgia, uh, Jacob Eason from Washington, Love's name hasn't really been mentioned in there, but he's a guy I think that in a few months we'll start seeing that be more heavily in that first-round discussion if he's not there already uh, amongst some in NFL circles. Look, it's the most important position in the league. And even with some of these better teams, now look at Pittsburgh. You know, Pittsburgh ate me last year. If they had any what any bit of competency at the quarterback position after Ben Roethlisberger, you're talking a possible nine and seven, ten and sixteen. They're a team in the market for a quarterback. Look, you know, Ben coming back from elbow surgery, everybody, hey, everything's gonna be fine, this, that, the other thing. Guy's still thirty eight years old. There's a lot of question marks there. Uh, you take that in mind. Obviously, Los Angeles Chargers. It looks like there's going to be a split there mm-hmm. between them and Philip Rivers. You look at the Indianapolis Colts. There were, and, and this is in addition to Cincinnati. This is in addition to the fact that Carolina looks like they're going to go in another direction. Yeah, that's five teams right there. And a lot of these teams are, you know, some of them are starting under new regimes or it's old regimes. New regimes. You need to get that quarterback in place because this is the guy that's going to either, you know, keep your job. For these older regimes. How long are you going to tread water without a quarterback before they say, all right, well, let's just blow it all up and start from scratch? I can't believe you don't have a lot of faith in Devlin Duck Hodges. <laughs> uh, uh, no, no, no. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it, well, granted, granted, I did get to see his best outing of the year. Yeah. Um, 
I'm sorry about that. Um, so some of these other prospects, and again, these are just the seniors. These aren't the underclassmen. So you know, a guy like Denzel Mims from Baylor, wide receiver, you know, very good. You know, we've heard of some of these guys throughout this throughout the year. So give me a few of the the, the bigger name prospects that you are most intrigued or most interested in and in looking at this week and seeing how well they can perform. I think you're going to start, you know, I mean, one of the bigger names you're going to start with is Javon Kendall out of South Carolina. You, you just love the story of the kid. Um, there's not, there's certain guys that everybody just, you know, kind of fall in line and root for. I mean, the kid came from nothing, essentially had nothing, took the opportunity he was given and ran with it. And now we're talking about a guy who's probably a top 20 prospect. He's got the motor, he's got the heart, he's got the desire, uh, he's big. He's strong. He's got a first couple of steps that are just absolutely insanely quick, which is what you're looking for from an interior defensive lineman. Left tackle, Josh Jones out of Houston. Uh, I don't think people are giving the importance to the left tackle position. You know, a lot of people talk about three big names at top. It's probably all in actuality about five, six left tackles that possibly can go in the first round. <laughs> all talented. Jones is a little bit different in that he's only about 309, 310. You know, obviously not small. But he's not one of your traditional 330, 340 mauling left tackles. He moves really well. He anchors well. The only thing is, is, you know, maybe if he had a little bit more of a, like a mean old cuss to him, you know, the Quentin Nelson style. Mm-hmm. But other than that, you're looking at a really, really good player uh, in Josh Jones. The wide receiver class is interesting, like you said. Uh, you know, Michael Pittman's son, Michael Pittman Jr. out of USC. Mm-hmm. Great vertical guy, has the physical skill set to match that. Question is, what can you do on shorter, underneath routes? Denzel Mims, another great player, uh, obviously part of the resurgence at Baylor for all they went through. You know, wouldn't be surprised if somehow maybe something lined up there where he found his way to Carolina if it were able to work out. You know, Matt Rule obviously speaks very high of, high of a great kid, great production. Uh, from everything you hear about the kid, he should test really well at the combine. Interesting there. Uh, cornerback position, we were supposed to see a lot of the really good ones this week. Uh, Effectively, a lot of them, they dropped out. You know, whether it was injury, whether it was fatigue from Christian Fulton. Look, you played 15 games and you got to expect to go back a week later and be as sharp as some guys who haven't played football in a month. It's a little tough to do that. So the last thing you want to do to go down there, you're a little tired, get beat up. I understand. It, 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 it's probably smart, especially if you're going to be carrying that late first round grade. So defensively, you know, the D-back, it's, it's a little bit lighter, obviously. You know, everybody was expecting, you know, the kid from Cal, obviously, the safety there. Um, to get a chance at him and him another one now you know, with the groin injury he's not going to perform uh, Matthew Pertz another offensive lineman out of University of Connecticut long he's, you know, he's mm-hmm. there almost six foot seven, long arms you know, another one that carries about a you know, base about 310 uh, you know, able to sink able to anchor um, obviously you know, he was not the passing school that everybody else is so he needs to clean up a little bit on pass pro but he's another interesting name uh, running back wise, I was actually really looking forward to uh, you know Eno Benjamin. You know the five nine one ninety does it really brilliant. I mean everyone's routes, and it's huge in the NFL today. You need these running backs who can do more than one thing. It, you know, obviously you bring them on the field, it kind of tells everybody, gives them a tell as to what's going on. With a guy like Benjamin who runs it as well as he receives it, he's interesting and kind of like that Duke Johnson type of back. Some of the I'm just looking at the roster here, and there doesn't appear to be a lot of small school uh, names, or you know, some from the FCS or lower. Uh, you have uh, Adam Troutman from Dayton, a tight end, and uh, also Charlie. I hope I'm pronouncing this Tumal Peo or something from Portland State. 
uh, at the FCS yep. level. Uh, you know, kid from St. John's. Uh, that's that's impressive. I believe that's the D three St. John's uh, in my neck of the woods here yep. in Minnesota. So, are, are you surprised that there aren't as many names from the smaller schools uh, or like the you know the FCS and the D two or D three? Or is this about what you would expect? And what do you hope to see from these guys? Um, this is actually I've noticed this tendency as well. And since Jimmy Jimmy Aggie's taken over the senior bowl. Uh, you know, obviously Phil Savage loved, loved, loved this small school guy. And one of the things, and this is where things navigated a little easier, easier for Phil Savage was those small school names weren't ever backing out of this opportunity. Right. So you didn't really have to have this mad scramble here that they kind of do right now. Jim maggie has been going mostly Power Five, mostly you know FCS, uh, FCS talent level. That's great. You're going to get more people to come to the game. You're going to get more people interested in the game, but you end up with a lot of guys pulling out, and you know it's it, it's a little bare down there right now. Tight ends, we usually this is where you find you know the small school guys. I mean, because everybody's always digging for tight ends, and it's not because you know it's starting to I don't want to say phase out, but how they're used in college football. So you got to dig deep to find these guys. Obviously, Troutman showed up six foot five, two fifty, and change. Question is, is you know will he be able to block as well as he received? He's interesting. Uh, he should really, really have a good week. Uh, the young man that's meant that at Portland State, uh, we've gone with just Charlie T. Uh, until I hear <laughs> that's a smart way to go about it. Same thing. Yes, until I hear somebody pronounce it the same way twice, I still don't know how to pronounce <laughs> But he, he moves well. He moves really, really well. Again, another one is, you know, how, how does the blocking come around? Are you in line? Or you got to play more like an H-back and a second tight end. That's the key there. And the tight end position, if you needed one last year, was most likely you were here to get it. This year, there are some guys. I don't think the class is going to go as high. I think Thaddeus Moss is one everybody's looking at. Yep. Um, you know, they, uh, the tackle out of St. John. Um, primarily, a left tackle You know, took one uh, rep yesterday on the right side, got smoked. I mean, obviously, if you're a left tackle in D3 school, you've never played anywhere else. Uh, you don't just, you know, you are a guard, and then, you know, I mean, if you're good enough to get to that level and play all that time, uh, it's going to take some time, obviously, and you're talking about a huge, huge jump in speed and competition. This kid's down there seeing SEC speed for the first time in his life. He's a guy you're going to want to see how this week plays out for. You're going to want to see him on Saturday. A lot of people say that, you know, the game maybe doesn't matter so much. You do want to see him. You want to see what he can take from, you know, just a small amount of NFL coaching going back, watching his reps at night, say, ooh, all right, and start to pick up what he needs to do from what the coaches are telling him, how he can apply it. He is probably one of my key guys to watch in Saturday's game because you want to see the transformation with more knowledge, you know, obviously you know, more tools, more you know, equipping him better and say, look, don't try to do it this way. You're never going to do it this way at this level. How about trying to do it this way? He's a key guy to watch on Saturday. Is there anyone, because they'll be doing a whole bunch of interviews and stuff, uh, throughout the week because in the off-field stuff is almost as important as the on-field to a degree because you need to you know get a judge of character and stuff is there anyone who needs to you know rehabilitate their their image at all that uh that you know of or that you that you want to hear from for the most part you know um and but there's you know then there's some weird ones because like the question is is you know did jim make me try to you know we away from bringing those guys in. Mm-hmm. Which, hey, do you want to know what? It's no different than the combine. It's no different than anything else. I mean, you know, this is the opportunity of a lifetime. And if, you know, you erred in some way and it was egregious enough, 
and the road becomes tougher for you, that's fair. It makes me wonder, and I, there's, I have nothing to this, but you know, I, I look at a kid like Tyler Johnson from Minnesota. Weirdest omission from the senior bowl that there was. So, you know, had the Shrine Bowl lined up. Essentially pulled out of the Shrine Bowl at the last second. I don't know if there's something there, but this is somebody you want to dig on. You want to know more, because he really looks like a fantastic player. Mm-hmm. Uh, puts in a lot of effort, runs great routes. But, you know, why was there no senior bowl invite? Because he certainly, and I know the talk is the league doesn't think as highly of him as some of us do. Uh, what production production? Uh, route, route. Yeah, um, he's, he's great. R- Sorry, go ahead. Okay, it reminds me similar to Rashard Higgins in the way he runs routes. Seems to develop a rapport with a quarterback. Understands what the quarterback wants to do in what he is best at. Um, so there's not too many red flags here. Uh, that's usually combine time when you're talking 300 and change kids. Mm-hmm. That's usually when those flags start to appear. Yep. Yeah. And yeah. Absolutely. And the combine is where you're going to get more of those interviews. I remember last year what the what the big story was. Saunders, the defensive tackle out of Western Illinois, you know, did backflips. So his fiance was uh, giving birth to their child, I think, at the Senior Bowl, right? Uh, so I mean, yep. that was a. a and cool, now we're gonna play in the Super Bowl. Yeah. I mean, isn't that something? What a year he's had. Uh, so it, it's just interesting to see what those stories. Is there anything else before I let you go that you are? Anything else or anyone specific that you are interested in uh, in looking at through this week? Um, just uh, more of the receivers. And I have a lot of this emphasized from Cleveland-wise. I mean, we know we have Odell. We know we have Jarvis. Mm-hmm. And it was weird because I felt, I felt more confident about the Browns' wide receiving core before the, the day the, the, in them before they acquired Odell Beckham than I do now because they were a deep group. Um, obviously, Antonio Callaway knuckleheaded his way out of the league, which, uh, surprise, surprise. Um, Rashard Higgins, he was fantastic in 2018. I don't know what happened in 2019. I don't know if this new Browns regime is going to want him or if he's even going to have enough faith in this team to even stick around. So, you know, this guy's been by uh, Van Jefferson, other uh, Sean Jefferson, former NFL wide receiver. He's a little bit older as a fifth-year senior, excellent route runner, strong hands. He's, he's a fun, fun player. He's developed. The routes are perfect. There's no wasted footwork. There's no wasted motions. He just runs the route, gets open, and for a bigger guy, you never see, you know, you don't see as many wow wide receivers either stumbling or turning the wrong way as you do when a guy as big as Van Jefferson's running his route. Awesome. Awesome. Well, we'll uh, keep an eye on it this week. Of course, the Senior Bowl is this Saturday, uh, and uh, hopefully we can find some time next week to talk about it and see who really wowed you and uh then pretty soon it'll be combine and nfl draft here it's it's only three months away jeff and i'm super excited already for it uh, but always appreciate the time my friend you have a great week and uh we'll chat soon you know that nathan no problem all right thank you jeff jeff lloyd all right thank you jeff jeff lloyd the second from lockdown browns podcast always appreciate his time as always great stuff there uh and you heard you know the, the the senior bowl is starting to go away from you know maybe some of these smaller schools i don't know i i don't like that if you're from a power five shouldn't people know about you but those these are the ones you want to increase your draft stock so 
see what happens there. Hopefully, uh, we'll find some time next week in next week's Sports Block podcast to talk with Jeff about the Senior Bowl, about recapping it, seeing what uh, what impressed him. It's uh, again Saturday at two thirty p.m. Eastern, one thirty p.m. Central Time on the NFL Network. Uh, should be a lot of fun. Little like there, we'll see. I mean, you, you got Anthony Gordon from Washington State. You know, Mike Leach, former guy. Shea Patterson, Michigan. Jordan Love, quarterback. So I mean, the star power or name recognition at the quarterback position is definitely there. Jalen Hurts. We I mean, didn't even really talk about him. And Steven Montez, a far lesser known quarterback from Colorado. Uh, on the teams as well. So it's going to be a fascinating week. Uh, we'll discuss it next week. And, uh, yeah, there's no football game. Yeah, Pro Bowl. If you want to watch it, be my guest. Uh, we're recording this after the, uh, the, the this section anyway, after the uh, MLB Hall of Fame and the uh, the lunacy in Lawrence with the the fight between Kansas State and Kansas. So Travis and I will talk about both of those next week. We'll have a big Super Bowl preview. We'll have Jeff on, hopefully again, to talk about the Senior Bowl. And uh, looking forward to all there. You can find this episode of the Sports Block Podcast available on podcast.com, as you always do. Uh, follow me on Facebook, or follow me on Twitter, at Andy Stacken, Travis Crins at Travis Crins. Uh, let's uh, just get... Jeff Lloyd plugged here as well, uh, and the Lockdown Browns podcast. I definitely must listen to if you're a Browns fan, and just in general, it's great. Always great insight at Jeff underscore LJ underscore Lloyd uh, for Jeff's Twitter handle there, and the Lockdown Browns podcast has their own uh, Twitter handle as well. Facebook Nathan second link to the podcast posted middle to later part of each week. And with that, we say so long. Hopefully you have a great week, rest of your week. Uh, Enjoy the college basketball. Enjoy the Pro Bowl if that's what you so choose to do. Take some interest in the Senior Bowl. See what your favorite NFL team might be able to do. And we'll chat about it all next week. Super Bowl week in Miami. We won't be there, unfortunately. You You likely won't be there either. But we'll preview it all and have a lot of fun along the way. So for Travis and Jeff, I'm Nathan. Thank you so much for listening to this week's edition of the Sports Block Podcast. Have a great week, and we'll talk to you next week. Super Bowl week. Super-sized show. Super-sized podcast next week. Sports Block Podcast. Have a great week, everyone.